Hey there, Braves fans. Welcome to another edition of State of the Braves. I'm your host, George McNair. It is great to be back with you once again. Uh, last week, we talked uh, about the Sean Murphy extension, and this is just another extension in a long list of contract extensions that Alex Anthopoulos has given to many of the Braves' best players to keep them in town. And of course, uh, not every player is, is getting an extension. Uh, Dansby Swanson uh, signs with the Cubs. Uh, two years ago, of course, Freddie Freeman uh, moves on to the Dodgers. But the Braves, nonetheless, have been able to lock up a, a lot of their core and, and relatively young core with these, um, what many would say, are team-friendly extensions. So it has a lot of benefit to the Braves, a lot of value that Anthopolis is able to get from these types of deals. And so last time we also just kind of dove into uh, how the Braves determine which players to give extensions to, trying to look at some of the, um, you know, we can read the tea leaves, a little bit of, of how the Braves do this, when they give extensions to certain guys, what guys they might shy away from, and when they might, even if they love a player, if they're now not able to do an, a deal with them, at some point maybe they'll back off of them. So we talked about Max Fried a little bit too, and and I said that I, I, would, I find it unlikely that the Braves are going to be able to extend Freed. Not impossible. I would certainly love uh, for news to come out that it happens, but it seems less likely uh, today than it did maybe a year ago. So nonetheless, what we're going to do today is what I, what I really want to do is analyze the long-term roster uh, setup for the Braves. And then by seeing where they're really strong, we can also look at uh, some areas of weakness and things that, as Braves fans, we should be aware of. I think it's helpful to know uh, kind of the long-term outlook of the team. You're not quite as shocked when the team maybe goes in one direction or goes away from another direction. Uh, so let's really break down these guys that are uh, controlled by the Braves uh, through, I would say, through at least the 2027 season. And uh, and I might go to one or two guys that, uh, that are at least signed through 2026. But for the most part, 2027 is when some of these extensions begin to run out and then some of them go well past that. All right, so let's start at, uh, at in the infield with first base and Matt Olson. Of course, you guys know that the Braves acquired Olson from the Oakland A's last offseason when the Freddie Freeman deal uh, did not get done. So Olson will be a free agent after the 2030 season, the 2030 season. So Braves have him for a lot of years. Um, and, you know, I would say Olson had a solid, though not spectacular, first season with the Braves. I think you cut the guy a little bit of slack. He had a lot uh, just emotionally to deal with uh, coming in for Freddie Freeman and, and all of those expectations and everything that surrounded that. But nonetheless, Olsen is signed uh, through 2030. Of course, second base is Ozzie Albies coming off of um, kind of an injury-plagued down season for him. He's a free agent after 2027. So he's one of the guys of the core that will come up for free agency earlier unless the Braves are able to extend them again, which is possible. Albies will be a free agent and still relatively young at that point. I think he'll be around 30. So, yeah, it's definitely possible. Shortstop uh, is Vaughn Grissom. And, you know, uh, Vaughn Grissom is a big question mark this season. We've talked about it. So you can't really pencil Grissom in yet as like an established player. 
I know that the Braves would love for this to happen. I really, again, would encourage you to listen to that Alex Anthopoulos interview because he talks about Vaughn Grissom a good bit. And I'll, I'll get deeper into that a little little later in this episode. But I think the Braves really are hoping that Grissom can be the guy. And it would benefit the Braves in the organization a lot if he could figure things out. So he will uh, be a free agent after the 2029 season. So he has a ton of control. And that's just one reason why uh, for the Braves it would be great if he could become a real player for them. All right, at third base, of course, you have Austin Riley. He's a free agent after the 2033 season. So Riley has the most control of any player on the Braves roster. He basically, um, the Braves have signed him through most of his career. I mean, he would be 35, 36 years old at the end of this contract. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's pretty cool that he'll be around for that long. I like Austin Riley a lot. I think he's one of those quiet leaders, and of course he has tremendous power. So hopefully he will just continue to hit throughout the entirety of that contract. Uh, at the catching position, like I just mentioned, Sean Murphy is signed. Uh, he will be a free agent after the 2029 season. All right, so that's the infield. And so basically, you know, if Vaughn Grissom um, can figure things out defensively, the Braves have their infield locked up um, for a really long time. I mean, they. Uh, they have to be, you know, the, the other teams around baseball have to be incredibly envious of what the Braves have um, in this in this infield. All right, so let's go back. Let's go out to the outfield. And um, the two guys that the Braves have locked up so far, Michael Harris, of course, the, the um, just burst onto the scene last year uh, in center field. He's a free agent uh, after the 2032 season. So the Braves were able to give him a pretty long-term deal, uh, and this is one of the better deals, I think, one of the more team-friendly deals uh, that the Braves were able to get. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. is signed, uh, and he will be a free agent uh, until the end of the 2028. Sorry, he'll be a free agent after the 2028 season. So uh, two of your three outfield spots are also locked up. Left field, of course, is a big question mark, and it remains so this season. So you know, a, a big open spot right now for left field. We hope that Eddie Rosario bounces back. But again, this this episode is not necessarily dedicated to the short term, but the long term. So left field is very much an open spot long term for the Braves. And, you know, that's also true of the DH position. I mean, we, call, we can call it a, a position too now that DH is uh, universal across baseball. The Braves don't really have a dedicated uh, designated hitter. I don't know that you necessarily have to have a designated uh, hitter that is like your guy, you know, like the classic DHs of old, like David Ortiz. I mean, it's, it's nice to have one of those guys. The Braves definitely don't have that. So it'll be interesting to see going forward if they're able to fill, the, fill those positions. All right, now on to pitcher. Um, the In terms of, again, Signed through at least 2027, the only pitcher that the Braves have, established pitcher that the Braves have uh, locked up that long term is Spencer Strider, who they were able to sign an extension with uh, this past season. He will be a free agent after the 2029 season. Uh, so other than him, uh, two guys, well, sorry, the only other guy that's kind of been around the majors is Bryce Elder. He would also be a free agent after 2029 but, of course, we don't know if he's even going to pitch regularly in the major leagues this year. Is he going to be taxied back and forth between the big leagues and AAA? 
Um, maybe he wins the fifth starter spot. I kind of doubt that, but not that I'm necessarily doubting that Elder can do it, but I think that probably Soroka uh, and Anderson are, are a little ahead of him in terms of the pecking order, but we'll see there. Uh, Kyle Wright will be a free agent after 2026. So again, he's one that I wanted to mention. He is under team control for a little longer than some of the other pitchers that the Braves have, um, and hopefully he can repeat uh, what was a very, very good year for him this past season, winning over 20 games. And then the other guy to mention is Ian Anderson. He will also be a free agent after the 2026 season. But, you know, if you look at that list, again, Spencer Strider, the only guy who I would say, you know, is, okay, this is a top-the-rotation guy. Kyle Wright, uh, middle-of-the-rotation guy. I think maybe, I mean, he could take even another step forward and, and be like a number two um, you know, winning 20 games is incredibly impressive. Um, but, you know, is he the lockdown guy? Is he on the level of a Max Freed or a Spencer Strider? He's probably the next spot down. But again, it's really good to have him. Uh, hopefully he can back things up and it's great to have him through, sign through 2026. But the Braves, you know, Kyle Wright, Spencer Strider, uh, kind of some holes uh, after those two guys. And so clearly starting pitching already is showing itself to be long-term uh, a bigger issue than some of these other spots. In terms of relief pitching, I don't want to spend too much time on this because typically you're not going to have a lot of relief pitchers uh, who are locked up long-term. Uh, Dylan Lee is the only guy that's a, a you know, really, uh, that's really contributing a lot to the bullpen right now who is controllable for a long period of time. He'll be a free agent after the 2027 season. Everybody else could come um, come up in free agency much sooner than that. All right, so that's, that's just kind of the picture of the long-term stuff for the Braves. Now, what I will say is that is a better picture than any other team in baseball in terms of locking up proven talent. So this is good stuff. It is in no way telling you, oh, no, we don't have you know, left field and DH locked up long-term. No, I mean, that, it's good to be in this kind of situation. Um, and yet, it's something to be aware of, certainly. So let's look at some notable free agents that will be coming, um, or sorry, some notable Braves will be coming into free agency somewhat soon. So the very first name you come to is Eddie Rosario, uh, left fielder for the Braves. He will be a free agent after this upcoming season. He's making $9 million this year. Now, he... Um, in theory, the Braves could exercise a club option for another $9 million for 2024. Uh, it's hard to imagine that happening. I really hope that Eddie could bounce back from what was a, a really down and weird season for him last year. You know, having the eye issues, uh, you don't know. Even once he came back from that, you don't know how much he was affected uh, by that eye surgery that he had to have. Uh, so, you know, yeah, great if he bounces back this year. I think even if he does, there would be some some debate as to um, you know offer him another nine million dollars for twenty twenty four. Uh, Charlie Morton could be a free agent after twenty twenty three if the Braves don't exercise uh, a twenty million dollar option for twenty twenty four. I think this is a you know could be Morton's last season in the bigs if he comes back and and isn't really any better than he was last season. Uh, I think a lot of people are hoping and thinking that he will be better uh, this season. Remember, uh, you know, he he breaks his leg at the end of the 2021 World Series. He doesn't have a very normal 
offseason for an older guy, and then he enters 2022 and had kind of a down year. So uh, we'll see with, with Morton. I think, uh, you know, the Braves not having great depth in the starting pitcher um, rotation beyond this year would – I'm sure they're very much hoping that he can bounce back and they would love to be able to give him that $20 million to return for 2024. Travis Darno is a free agent. Uh, it's kind of similar to Morton. Uh, he signed through 2023 with a club option for 2024. Now he's only making $8 million a year uh, compared to Morton. Getting a little older, but I think the Braves would be happy to give him $8 million again uh, in 2024 if he continues to play well. As you guys know, um, getting Sean Murphy changes things a little bit for Darno. I mean, is how many plate appearances is he going to see? How many starts is he going to see? Um, I don't know. I don't know exactly what the Braves plan to do. I would you would think that Murphy is going to get far more uh, appearances behind the plate than Darno. You hope that that um, you know makes him a little more productive. I mean, he's been productive, but that he just is able to continue to produce. Uh, at a pretty high level uh, in that kind of situation. You don't know how many plate appearances he's going to get at the DH position. Uh, so we'll see. He, but just remember, Darno throughout most of his career has been injury prone. So if this tends to be kind of an injury plague season for him, you know, it could be a situation where the Braves don't offer him a contract in 2024. Uh, he is one of the leaders of the clubhouse. He He's very well liked. So I expect him to be back. Um, after this coming season. Okay, the the name that you guys know, um, we all would love to be traded away from the Braves right now, is Marcelo Zuna. He is a free agent after the 2024 season. He's making $16 million a year over the next two years. So after 2024, Ozuna is mercifully off the books. Um, so we can look forward to that. Max Freed is a free agent after the 2024 season. You guys know that he is entering uh, his last year of salary arbitration in 2024. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I, I went through this a lot last episode. Again, it's very possible that he could leave through free agency, um, but we can still hope that the Braves could find a way to extend him before that. Uh, and we'll see. Uh, AJ Minter, also a free agent after 2024. Uh, same as Max Freed. Uh, arbitration eligible until then. And the same is true for Mike Soroka, who is free agent eligible at uh, after 2024. So all three of those pitchers, I mean, that's that's a lot of pitching going away potentially after the 2024 season. Uh, last guy I'll mention, Rossell Iglesias is making $16 million a year. That's a lot for a reliever. Uh, he will be a free agent after the 2025 season. All right, so those are kind of the big names. There's a few other guys I could have mentioned, but um, less important, at least in terms of, um, you know, the big picture and, you know, big-time salaries. So uh, you, you kind of get a picture of what's, what's happening and what kind of money is going to be available for the Braves uh, within, you know, each of these next few off-seasons. So particularly, you know, Morton and Darno, if, if – um, those options, if their options are picked up, accepted for 2024, then the Braves uh, will have around 70 to $80 million coming off the books uh, after, uh, after 2024, right? And so you'd have Morton, Darno, Ozuna, Freed, Mentor, and Soroka potentially all coming off the books 
after the 2024 season. Uh, that's a lot of money, but it's also a lot of talent. And, uh, you know, if you were to lose all of those guys, of course, you're going to have to use a lot of that money to try to replace uh, those wins, those wins that go away when the player goes away. Uh, you know, I think it's highly unlikely that all those guys are going to go away, but you start thinking, well, Morton is likely going to retire uh, by the end of that period. Uh, Darno is going to be older. Maybe he comes back, but he, it, it's, you know, un unlikely he's going to be the same player two, three years from now. Uh, Ozuna will definitely be gone. And then you, then you really start thinking about Freed, Mentor, and Soroka. Are all three of those pitchers going to leave? Can the Braves bring, bring one or two of them back? And what does that look like? So, you know, looking at this, uh, it, it's clear that starting pitching is the true long-term need for the Braves. It's the biggest long-term issue that the Braves are going to have to address. Uh, left field and DH is also a hole, though that tends to be a little easier to fill if you're willing to pay up a little bit. Um, and then shortstop is the question mark that's pretty much connected to Von Grissom. If Grissom can do it, then that hole is filled. Um, if Orlando Arcea, uh steps in for a year um, and then Grissom isn't able to do it, then shortstop is going to come back probably next year as a big need to fill. And that's going to be a bummer because shortstop is, as you guys have learned this offseason, it's hard to fill that position with a really quality player from outside the organization. It's expensive if you're going to do it. But yeah, starting pitching is really the place that the Braves focus has to be. And I really think that it explains more of what the Braves have done this offseason, or you could even say the lack of what the Braves have done. You know, they weren't active in the free agent market. They're not throwing around a lot of money right now. Um, I mean, they are internally, right? The Braves are a top five payroll, uh, so you can give them credit for that. But they, they were not active in free agency to, to spend on the level of some of these other top tier teams. And you start wondering, well, why is that? And I, I think the biggest reason is the Braves see long-term that they're really going to have to commit some money uh, to their pitching staff. Maybe that is extending Max Freed. Maybe that still is in their plans. Um, or maybe it's, well, we'll try to do that. If we can't do that, we're still going to have to go out and get somebody who's a bigger dollar player. Um the pitching situation is solid. I mean, this is the good news, guys. The, the Braves pitching situation is solid for this upcoming season and 2024. Everybody's pretty much signed through that point. So this is a good thing. Um, but if Morton is likely to retire, um, you know, at least, I mean, maybe it happens in 2023, but it could happen 2024. You know, Morton is going to be gone. Uh, there is an expiration date on Charlie Morton. It's probably sooner rather than later. Uh, and then, you know, if Freed is more likely than not to enter free agency, those are two huge holes uh, that the Braves are going to have to fill. If the Braves extend Max Freed, it's going to be costly. It's going to cost serious money. I think one of the better recent contracts that you can look at, even though it wasn't an extension, is Carlos Rodon, who went to the Yankees. The Yankees gave Rodon six years, $162 million um, this offseason. Now, Rodon is 30 years old, so he gets a six-year deal that will take him through his age 35 season, uh, pushing 36 by the end of that. That deal is $27 million a year. 
All right, Rodon um, has some arm issues, uh, but he's he's beyond that for about two years, um, and he was one of the top, you would say, one of the top five pitchers in the National League this year. Also a lefty, so it's it's a good. I think he's a good player to compare to Freed. Um, so once Freed enters free agency in two seasons, he will be 31 years old. So he'll be one year older than Rodon at that time. Um, and so, you know, when you start thinking, okay, if if you match up a deal through the age 35 season for Freed, then that would be a five-year deal for $135 million. Um, would he do that? You know, I think if the Braves were to offer five years, 135, I, I wonder if he does that because Freed has been uh, a little more consistently great than Rodon. Again, Rodon had two really good seasons back to back. Freed has been uh, pretty much elite for three years. Uh, and on top of that, you know, I think Freed is considered maybe a little more elite than Rodon. I, I, there might be some argument on that. Uh, but if he continues to be this good for two more years, right, let's just assume that for a second, then, yeah, I think the track record is going to be stronger once he gets to free agency. So it's going to be, I think, uh, possible for the Braves to extend him if they're willing to go to that kind of a big number. The question is with the Braves, you know, starting pitching contracts, um, they are even more risky uh, than um, – you know, than other, uh, than other contracts. And so I, I wonder the Braves are pretty risk, risk averse. So I do wonder if they would be willing to go, uh, through Freed's 35, uh, season. Uh, but I bet other teams would. So this is why I really do think Freed is likely to go to free agency. But again, I think if the Braves were willing to go this high, maybe there's opportunity for them to, to get a deal done. All right. So Let's go away from Freed. Let's talk about Mike Soroka for a second. Uh, Soroka is scheduled to enter free agency after the 2024 season. And as you guys know, he has not pitched in basically two and a half years. And, and just the sad situation of him, uh, you know, tearing his Achilles twice. I don't know that any pitcher has ever, any player actually in Major League history has ever come back from two Achilles tears. Of course, the first one, if you've, um, Dave O'Brien also did a really great interview with Soroka earlier this offseason. Definitely worth a listen to. But, but Soroka kind of explains that he had been feeling a lot of um, leg, calf cramping, calf pain for some time. He was feeling something, didn't really address it, didn't know what it was. And uh, that a lot of it, probably looking back, had to do with some bad mechanical things and how he was landing off the mound. Um and then the Achilles, you know, was already super tight. And then he took a wrong step and it snapped. Uh, the second Achilles tear was basically from it being um, poorly repaired. And that's just, you know, really bad luck on his part. Uh, now, it sounds like he's gotten a lot of these issues solved uh, in terms of his mechanics, uh, changing how he lands off the mound, that sort of thing. And so I, I feel pretty confident physically that Mike Soroka is going to be okay. Now, anything could happen with any pitcher at any time, right? The arm could go for anybody, you know, it happens. Uh, but 
as far as as confident as you can be with a guy who hasn't uh, pitched in two and a half years, I think Soroka's, um, you know, come over uh, to the to a better place with his health. Uh, he's going to have a normal off season, and so I'm very hopeful that he's going to be able to vie for that fifth starter spot. Guys, let's not forget how great Mike Soroka was at a very young age. He was a Cy Young candidate. He was second in the Rookie of the Year voting in 2019. I mean, this guy was awesome. So, you know, can he find the magic again? Um, he has he has two years basically to prove it for the Braves. So I think it's a really crucial year for him personally, uh, but for the Braves too, because again, as you look at this, you know, organizational weakness potentially that could happen with the Braves. If Soroka can turn things around and have a great season, he begin, he probably, um, you know, opens the door for the Braves to talk to him about an extension um, before he gets to free agency. So a little trivia question, guys. How old was Max Freed when he entered the Braves starting rotation for good, right? Full-time in the starting rotation. He was 25 years old. How old do you think Mike Soroka is entering the 2023 season? He's 25. So I know it feels like Soroka has been around forever, and he has been, but he broke in so early, you know, and Freed broke in late. It took Freed a long time to get to the big leagues because he had Tommy John surgery and a couple other things happened. You know, just, you know, guys get to the bigs later. I mean, it happened with Kyle Wright, too. It took him a while to figure it out. Um, so I'm just saying that with all of the issues that Soroka's had over the last basically three seasons, coming back as a 25 year old, he's still young. He basically still has his entire career ahead of him. Uh, if he can, you know, just get his footing back and be healthy and, you know, I, I hope he does that. And, and it really could be with the Braves for, for a long term, if, if he can figure it out, it would be a huge thing for the Braves for Soroka to have a great season. He's, to me, one of the big wild cards of this season. Of course, you can't expect really anything from a guy who's been out for the last two and a half years. But if he can do it, if it, you know, if it happens, then this could be a, one of the biggest things for the Braves um, long term. So, you know, in terms of Freed, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with the extension. In terms of Soroka, I could imagine, let's say, you know, halfway through the season, um, he's pitched great. He's looked basically like the old Mike Soroka. Could the Braves come to him and say, hey, let's let's tag on, you know, three years. Um, and I don't really have a number right now, guys. Three years, 45 million. I'm making that up. But let's say, you know, they, they did that. You know, Soroka, with all of his injury issues, he might take that, right? Um, he, he gets um, a bigger payday than he's ever gotten. Um, and with all his injury issues, he might jump at that, and he would still, even at that point, he'd probably enter free agency, what, around 29 or 30 with another big payday uh, to come. So I could see it happening, but of course, this is in, uh, you know, kind of a perfect scenario of him pitching really, really well to begin the season. So we'll see what happens with that. Long term for the Braves, uh, beyond those two, uh, you start looking at prospects, who let's say Max Freed does leave in two years. Let's say Mike Soroka leaves in two years. Who else could step up that's already in the organization in that two-year window? You maybe have four, and I might be leaving some guys out here, but you know, you have maybe four guys 
who could be stepping up. The first is Jared Schuster. Uh, he is, I believe, made it to AAA. Uh, lefty pitcher. I don't know that a lot of people think he's got the the ceiling of a number one or number two. He's probably at best a mid rotation starter, uh, but a guy that we could see this year. Uh, so look for him. AJ Smith Shaver is a guy that um, I think will get some pretty big height in the organization this year. He's probably a little further away. Twenty twenty five is where his ETA likely is. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. If he has a great season this year, it could really uh, benefit uh, the Braves' outlook a lot. Um, uh, Darius Vines maybe could also get to the big leagues this year, maybe 2024, but he's closer than a lot of other pitchers. And Dylan Dodd is, is a guy that a lot of people like as well, and he's probably, uh, you know, close to 2024 is, is probably where he might, uh, you know, come on the scene for the Braves. So a lot of moving parts with, with the pitching staff, right? So Anthopolis is going to have to weigh all of this stuff, and it all goes into the decision of do I pay Max Freed a big extension or not, right? And, of course, if I choose to let Max Freed walk, if he's not willing, I'm sure Anthopolis is trying to extend him, but but if Freed is going to walk and and go for the bigger payday, um, you know, what do we do? I mean, we're going to have to replace that production in some way. Do we try to trade for a number one or number two starting pitcher? Uh, that, of course, can be very expensive. Do you try to trade for a younger guy who's, you know, has that, um, you know, has that ceiling but isn't quite there yet? Do you just try to continue to um, develop young starters with, that are already within your organization? We, we know that that's very hit and miss. So a lot of question marks there. Um, if I were the Braves, okay, if I were the Braves and Alex Anthopoulos, I think I would wait through midseason of this year um, and try to further uh, try to further assess the situation. I think more will become clearer once you get through the midway point of this season. Again, I think this is when you'll have a much better idea of what you're going to get out of Soroka long term. Uh, is he a guy that? But you can start to count on again or not. Um, and again, if he if he is really playing well, maybe you can extend him. Uh, is Morton done after this season? You know, if Morton comes in this season and just looks bad and looks old, you might just have to say this is the last season for him, and then you're gonna, you know, you're gonna have another hole in the rotation in 2024. Uh, does Kyle Wright cement himself into the rotation? Was last year a flash in the pan? Does he take a huge step backwards this year? Or maybe he takes a big step forward. Um, I think, you know, you don't really know uh, quite what Kyle Wright is just yet. And then, of course, the other two guys in the mix, Ian Anderson and, uh, and Elder. Right? These guys um, have a lot of question marks, especially Anderson. Is he, is he going to be able to reclaim some of... Uh, you know, the promise that he was showing over the last two seasons or not. I think with Anderson, it's people keep talking about it. he needs a third pitch. I actually think what Anderson has to do is figure out a way to command his fastball better, uh, hit his spots with his fastball. Uh, and once he does that, his, um, you know, his changeup will become elite again. But he got to the point where guys could just sit on his changeup because he couldn't put his fastball where he wanted it to. 
Uh, Brace fans know with Tom Glavin, if you can have a good enough fastball that you can spot and you have an elite changeup, you can get by with that. Uh, so we'll have to see what Anderson, um, how Anderson looks coming into this season. But this is a big swing year, I think, for the Braves uh, in terms of their pitching staff. All of these things could break right and be really good. You know, Soroka comes in looking good. Maybe you're even able to extend Freed and all things kind of settle. Uh, or they could all go wrong, right? Soroka could not come back and be himself. Morton could be done this season. Uh, Freed might decide, yep, I'm going to free agency. If all of those things happen uh, and the young guys aren't really, really looking good, uh, the Braves could be in some trouble with their pitching staff. So this is something that I'm very much looking at this season, and um, hopefully, hopefully not all these things will go wrong at the same time. But keep in mind, look, the Braves are in long-term in a great situation with their overall roster. Uh, the fact that they have been able to lock up so many of their position players long-term is great not only for the the present time, but you know these are these are value deals, and what that means is, if if Alex Anthopoulos had to do it, he could turn around one of these uh, position players for a pitcher. I mean, absolutely that could happen. You know, it's it's not always as easy as a one for one kind of deal, but yeah, these guys could be moved if you had to, and and ultimately, I mean, if your pitching staff is going down the tubes, you might have to make a deal like that at some point. Uh, the the tough position the Braves are in, as good as their major league uh, roster is right now, we all know that their um, you know their prospects are not the best. Um, they they have a lot of promising low level prospects, but they're years away. So you know the Braves need to make sure that the next three or four years are on solid ground. Uh, so maybe you have to trade for a younger pitcher that has more more control. Um, there was a recent rumor that came out that the Marlins are looking uh, and willing to trade one or more of their younger pitchers uh, for some hitters. Uh, those guys are like Taylor Rogers, Luzardo, Cabrera, all from Miami, have multiple years of control. Uh, you know, are these guys quite as established? No, but they're very talented. Um, I could see the Braves maybe, you know, if they wanted to uh, to hit the market uh, now, I could see them maybe doing that. The problem, of course, for the Braves is they don't have a lot to offer um, in terms of high-level uh, prospects from position position player standpoint. But nonetheless, I think looking into that, uh, that solution might benefit the Braves a lot for a long-term solution. All right, so that's the starting pitching. You know, again, left field and DH, that's also a long-term issue the Braves are hopefully going to address at some point. I don't I don't know they're going to address it this offseason. They might, um, but they have yet to really do anything that you would be particularly happy with. Some, uh, you know, they could dip into the free agent market Next offseason, I still feel like it's unlikely to happen. They just don't seem to be willing to enter into that free agent market for big-name players. But Ian Happ will be a free agent at the end of the 2023 season. Jock Peterson will come back as a free agent after this season. Uh, those are two guys you could maybe look at. And then, of course, trades uh, could also happen. 
Um, for sure, Brian Reynolds, if he doesn't get traded this offseason, he could come available at the trade deadline, you know, continue to keep an eye on him. But there's other guys out there too, of course. Um, we know from the 2021 season, the Braves went out and got three three outfielders that were all really uh, – well, actually four. Four outfielders that were all big time for for the Braves in that run. So outfielders can be had, um, but sometimes you're, you're kind of shopping in the bargain bin for them. Um, in terms of pitchers that maybe you could go after in free agency, the three big names that, that I notice for 2023, Shohei Otani, which I mentioned how great it would be to get him because you could also fill the DH role there. But of course, he's going to be crazy expensive when he, once he gets to free agency next year. Uh, Julio Arias, uh, who of course pitches for the Dodgers right now. I think he's had some domestic violence issues, so I don't know if the Braves are going to be willing to go there. Um, with their issues that they've had with Ozuna. Keep that one in mind. Um, and then Aaron Nola. Uh, I have a hard time believing he would jump from the Phillies to the Braves, but um, you might think he's older than Max Fried. He's actually just about the same age as Max Fried. So uh, he will become available next year as well if he doesn't uh, sign an extension with the Phillies. So, you know, in terms of pitching, in terms of left field, I think, you know, those are some of the, the things to kind of consider as far as, and I just want to finish this episode going back to shortstop and, and talking about Vaughn Grissom just for a minute. You know, uh, the Braves really do seem to believe in Vaughn Grissom long-term. Again, go back to that Alex Anthopoulos interview uh, with Dave O'Brien. It's very good to hear him talk about Vaughn Grissom. And what I, what comes across more than anything from from Anthopolis is how much uh, the Braves, I think, believe in Vaughn Grissom, the guy. Uh, Anthopolis multiple times will say that uh, that Grissom's makeup is off the charts, uh, that he is just a solid guy, basically who's willing to work as hard as you ask him to work, and he's gonna you know he's gonna do everything he can to improve. Um, they he he continues to say that the Braves believe in his bat. That, that there's just very little question that he's going to hit. Uh, and he'll say that, that Grissom has all the physical tools that he needs to be able to, pl to play the position. And you put all those things together and the fact that uh, Ron Washington is, is giving a thumbs up to Anthopolis saying this guy is improving, this guy is going to be capable of playing shortstop. Um, all those things... It does make sense that the Braves are saying, okay, let's let's give this guy a shot because if Vaughn Grissom can figure it out, um, he's so young, uh, this would be a, a huge win for the Braves and the Braves organization. It makes sense to invest in Grissom because the payoff for that working out is huge. Uh, it opens the door for the Braves to be able to put their money in different areas, right? So just think about it in the other way. Like if the Braves had paid Dansby Swanson, let's say they paid him $140 million um, to play shortstop over the next six years, all that money goes into shortstop and, and all the needs that are coming down the pike for the pitching staff probably can't be met or at the very least they can't go offer, you know, an extension to Freed, or they can't go and find another free agent if necessary, right? All that money gets tied up in Dansby Swanson. He he leaves. Uh, if Vaughn Grissom is able to play a good shortstop, they're not going to have to pay Vaughn Grissom big money for a long time. 
They can put that money into the pitching staff, and I think it's very clear that that's what they're going to have to do over the next two, three, four seasons at least. So uh, I hope this analysis has helped a little bit, guys, to just uh, figure out the long-term needs and the long-term direction for the Braves. Uh, I think this season really truly is a very big year uh, to answer the pitching and the shortstop questions. If um, if Grissom doesn't figure it out, if it's if he looks ugly at, at shortstop and he's not the answer long-term, it's going to have ripple effects for the rest of the team. Uh, you know, and again, we'll see what Soroka can do. We'll see what uh, what happens long term with Freed and if he's able to be extended or not. And we'll see in left field, right? All of these things are in flux. But the good thing is for the Braves, that's actually not as many things as most teams have in flux and most most you know burning questions that teams have to answer. So look for those positions. Um, it's all going to start pretty soon once um, once spring training happens. And I'm really interested to see it. So I'm, I'm pulling for Vaughn Grissom. I like that guy a lot. Um, and uh, we'll see what happens with the pitching staff. So, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of State of the Braves. And I will uh, talk to you soon. 